Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with psychic medium Stephanie Burke, which, uh, let me turn on your microphone. Oh, thank you. There you go. Now you can talk. And also we have a special guest in the studio tonight joining us. We have our good friend Christina Ottman, who is here with us. You know, can you believe that this is the first time that she's ever been in the Spooky Studio? I find that hard to believe because I think I've known her for at least 10 years now. Oh my God, yes. I know. It's... I. Never came down, no. We're just going to have to talk a little bit closer to talk the microphone. Talk a little bit closer. Not your fault. It's the <laughs> microphone's fault. But yeah, I mean, it's it's really, I can't believe it's been this long and for you to come here and visit. And, and of course, we pick the time that we're not allowed to let anybody from the outside world into the station Oh. to have you come and, and be a guest. Well, you know, that's me. Breaking they, the rules. <laughs> they, they basically, they put out an email saying, unless somebody's an employee... And uh, don't let them into the building. I was like, well, <clears throat> that kind of messes up Spooky South Coast a little bit. But Technically, I'm not an employee. Right. Yeah, because you're not supposed to be here. Moniz isn't supposed to be here. He probably invented the coronavirus. So <laughs> I think I rank higher than Moniz. Here, the, well, what they said is... I've shown said, up more. <laughs> they said if, it, if it's an interview that can be done over the phone, <clears throat> you know, it's better to do it over the phone. But, you know, obviously that VIPs can still come into the studio. So... VIPs. Oh, well, thank you. Yay. So it takes care of it. Well, we're here to talk about the paranormal as we do each and every Saturday night. Well, most Saturday nights. We were, we were off last week because I was at the Oliver House. Yes, you were. Surprisingly quiet night hmm. at the Oliver House. But I think part of that might have been a lot of the people that were there kind of gave up on investigating during the night, which I thought was weird. I get crowds like that sometimes, too. Like, they get tired and they go home early. Like, <laughs> late night investigating is not what it used to be. <clears throat> and I'm getting old, so it works out for me, too. Yeah, I mean, we had some great conversations. <coughs> we were talking about some uh, some different stuff, some different places that we've been, and some different things that have happened to us. But, you know, we started off the night with some really cool shadow people activity happening mm-hmm. in the basement, which, you know, that's what I love to do now. Right. We've been there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that shadow stuff down there is, is pretty cool. I love to start there because it gives you a chance to go to the quietest place of the house. You know, and also, like, people always say, well, why do you always start in the basement? <coughs> well, because if you, uh, just, you know, just give me a heads up, I'll pop that down. It was for very you. unexpected. Okay. It's not coronavirus. <laughs> you don't know that. There's I no do. test yet. You don't have a test yet. I, the, I, um, I had a test at four years old for asthma and I passed it with flying colors, so. So That's the problem. You're just assuming. <clears throat> oh no, I know it's it's allergies and asthma. So the uh, we'll get into some coronavirus talk tonight. And too, you made me laugh so hard that now. See. Well, that's what I now do. Now I cough. The so. whole you should hear the whole audience right now. They're all like coughing up a lung right now because I'm so funny. But the the um, the the reason why I like to start in the basement of any location too is because that's where most of the noises come from. You think so? so? Like yeah, like the heater coming on. Okay. The, the water heater coming on like all that stuff like it if i mean the natural no i should have specified i mean the the natural noises that will happen throughout the course of the night right that's where they'll originate from so if you take people down there and they can kind of get used to that then when you go back upstairs and you're on the second floor later and you feel oh what was that the floor vibrated oh no wait that was just the hot water heater coming on so things like that are, are helpful but also it helps you tune into the to the house and kind of tune into some of the energy there too, especially right. at the Oliver House. Yeah, the Oliver House basement was pretty cool the time we went down, and just the fact that you're like you're kind of like locked in there because the it's floor so closes. Creepy. Yeah, it closes in on you. You're yeah. like, if somebody stood there, you'd be trapped. I always, it's um, okay. 
I always I'm tell claustrophobic. The, I tell the story too of the the time that I was there a couple of times ago, and you know because when we start off there, we tell everybody, come downstairs. If you don't want to do this experiment, don't come down because. Like, if you're somebody that can't go 30 seconds without turning on your phone, don't come downstairs. Yeah. Because we need to sit in the dark and get used to it. And the minute you turn on your phone, you screw everything. And poor Anna. Anna comes, you know, to all these events. <laughs> yep. And I always have to yell at her, Anna, no voice recorder right now unless you put some tape over the red light or something. Right. Because, you know, she's always running her recorder <clears throat> when she gets great and she gets great stuff for it. But it's just in this particular experiment, we need it to be as pitch black as it can. And so... It's always pretty pretty tough to have to tell somebody, you know, you can't use that piece of equipment that you want to use. But in order for this to work, we need total darkness. So I tell everybody, if you don't want to be down there and do this, you don't have to come down. And, you know, it's only going to be 20, 30 minutes out of the night. So if you want to do it, take part. If you don't, no hard feelings. And for the most part, there's always a couple of people that stay behind and say, you know, I, I don't want to do that. Or maybe if you're all down there, that's my chance to be alone upstairs, whatever. So what we do is we go down there. They close that. So when you go down this this into this basement for anybody that's you know never been there, you go down this narrow staircase, and there's a pulley system with a, for lack of a better, I don't know what the actual technical term would be, but it's almost like it, it covers the stairs so mm-hmm. that they can because there's a storage area off to the side, so it drops that that cover so that you can walk on it and go into that storage area. So when we're down there, they'll close that so that we're closed inside the basement. Now, it's not for anybody that's immediately worried about safety issues. There's an outside door in the basement. You can go outside. So you're not, you're not totally creepy. locked in. It is, it is still creepy, though. And so the, the problem is when you – every time somebody wants to go down there, they have to turn the lights on. They have to pull that thing up and turn the lights on so that a person can walk down the stairs. And it gets annoying when you say to everybody, we told you to come down if you wanted to come down, and you didn't come down. You can't decide now in the middle, so that we have to open up the door, pull up that cover, turn on the light so that you can walk down the stairs, or you have a flashlight or what have you. But still, like now we all have to get readjusted to the dark again when we're trying to watch for these shadow people that show up. And it's not just shadow people. Were you there when we had the, the weird bar of light that showed up in the middle of the basement? I don't think it was the bar. I think it was just the shadows we, and the noises. We were getting noises. We get a lot of that, but this one particular night we had a bar uh, looked look like an LED light bulb, mm-hmm. maybe about three feet high, uh, three feet long, but it was it was uh, vertical, and it just appeared out of nowhere in the middle of the room, moved about three or four feet to the left, and then disappeared. So very strange. No way to explain how it happened. But anyway, so this is why we're trying to get you know used to the dark. What happened was somebody turned on the light, didn't hear the, the cover open, you know, the, the, the thing that covers over the staircase, didn't hear that open, but the light turned on, or maybe it was a flashlight, I don't know if I remember, and a pair of legs started walking down the stairs, and I started yelling, like, I told you, up or down, you know, now we have to all get readjusted, and the legs came down, <coughs> got till there was about three steps left before uh, the the you know the basement floor and then disappeared okay <laughs> that's my everyday life so <laughs> like no, was, but, but you usually see them yeah. as full people yeah i not can just, not just legs sometimes i've seen just legs sometimes i've seen you know just like 
torso up. It just depends on <clears throat> what the spirit is, what um what they're trying to convey to people. Like if it's somebody that got their legs chopped off, I might see them without them. You right. know, like something like that. Right, I can understand. Um, that. So it can happen. It just depends, but like my everyday life is phenomena like that. You know, I wake up in the middle of the night and I have people standing in my bedroom staring at me. The other night I was on the phone. Uh, it was very late and um, later than I'm normally awake and like have lights on and everything. And my bedroom door slammed shut. Like just slammed shut. Somebody wanted your attention. I was like, well, hello. <laughs> you know, I open it up. I'm like, is it my cat? I look, both my cats are staring at me like, mom. <laughs> Mom, <laughs> so it was interesting. The um, the the thing about the Oliver House too is that, you know, Christy and her team are there all the time, so they can feel, you know, they have a good sense of when stuff is going to be active, mm -hmm. and they seem to think that it was going to be an active night, but it just it turned out that it that it wasn't so much. Had they had had that experience before down in the basement where they saw legs? No, nobody else did, nobody. as far as I know, but the. You know, they always have me tell the story, too, of the time that the picture came off the wall, which was a pretty good experience, too. Right. That was all your fault. It wasn't my fault. Peggy's the one that hung the photo <laughs> up, and they don't like it. They didn't like the picture. So they did not like the picture. Now it's hanging up in a different spot in the house, and it's never had a problem. But it was just on that one particular wall. Right. So, and kind of funny that, well, I guess now, uh, I guess now I will have to tell the story since i mentioned it for those who don't know but uh lennon peggy are some of our friends and they're they're two of the volunteers at the oliver house and by the way for anybody that is listening the oliver house is in middleborough and it is tied into the american revolution it was owned by a loyalist family i will not spoil the history for you so that you can go there and find out the history from everybody that that uh that is well versed in it there but it ties into benjamin franklin and the american revolution and it's worth going, even if you just go there during the day for one of the many things that they do, if you're not a ghost person, it's worth going to check out because they have done so much great work. And it's really been the paranormal world that has helped refurbish that place. You know, when we first started going there, it was, it needed a lot of work. Uh, it didn't have running water. There were no indoor bathrooms. You had to go into a porta john outside, which is okay, you know, in the summer, but not so much fun in October, November, December. But the, the work that they have done there in, in running these ghost tours that, that Christie's put her heart and soul into, they've really been able to, to make a big difference there. And so Len and Peggy are two of the volunteers. Peggy had received a, 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 a picture. I shouldn't say a, a photo. It's not a photo. It's like a painting type thing. But she had received that from somebody, and she said, oh, that will look good in the Oliver House. It fits in with the, the decor and, and, and the aesthetic of the Oliver House. So she went earlier that day, and she hung it on the wall. All night long, we investigated. Had a pretty good crowd that night. It was a, mm -hmm. a big night. Uh, you know, they probably had 40 people in the house, which I think is like what they max out at. So everybody going up and down the stairs, closing, open and closing the door, stomping around, all that kind of stuff. This thing never moved. Well... After everybody had gone home, all the guests had gone home and were cleaning up and putting everything back together and just kind of hanging around talking, all of a sudden we heard this smash. And I thought Paul, who was one of the other investigators there, he was walking around with his homemade SLS system. And so I thought he had dropped that because 
it just it came from the other room and it was a smash so that was my first thought is mm-hmm. that's a laptop breaking and so i said paul are you all right and he's like yeah i'm fine he was standing right next to me but it was dark so i couldn't see him it's like oh well i guess it wasn't you so we go over there in the room and this picture that peggy had hung up was on the floor the glass smashed into pieces it had taken down a clay pot that was on the the mantle with it too oh my gosh and which was weird enough because if the picture came down like it would have had to have come straight down to hit this pot because it was right Mm -hmm. underneath it otherwise if it just fell off it should just go down but instead it would have had to have come down so i'm like well maybe it the nail bent or mm-hmm. broke or something or something happened. So we go and we look at the back of the painting, or the picture frame, and it is one of those sawtooth, yep. you know, hangers yeah. that you do. And then we looked at the nail on the wall that it was put in, and the nail was pointing up at a 45-degree angle. And Peggy said that's how she had hung it. The angle of the nail is 45 degrees, and those claw teeth caught on to the nail, which means in order for this thing to have fallen off, something had to get underneath it and flip it. Mm-hmm. And now if something came underneath it and flipped it, it's probably not going to hit that pot that's underneath it. So that means something knocked the pot off too. So very interesting that that happened, you know, after everything had, you know, it was a pretty active night that night too. Mm-hmm. It might've actually been the same night as the legs and the, and the bar of light, but uh, still, you know, it's, it's, they, the stories that they tell of stuff that happens there even after the events is, is always fascinating. Uh, Christy sent me an EVP she caught uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, where she left her recorder in the closet, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Ben Franklin closet, for those who are in the know. And you can hear um, footsteps. Mm-hmm. So she, you can hear her. She's walking in another part of the house. You can hear her far away talking. She was the only one in the house. You can hear her going around. And then you hear footsteps in the closet right next to the recorder, which was pretty cool. That's cool. So definitely worth getting out there and checking out for anybody that hasn't. They run different events all night, uh, all night, all um, year long. Mm -hmm. They have both professional pro nights, they call them. If you're somebody that has experience with paranormal investigation, they have amateur nights. If you're somebody who has never done it before and you want to try it for the first time, they can accommodate you either way. Although this pro night was you know, half filled with amateurs. So it's not like it's a requirement one way or the other. If, right. You know, if the date works for you, you can just go when the date works for you. And then you get to go there and look around and see all the, directly all all the things that, the money that you pay mm-hmm. goes into. So after the whole event was over, like Christy talked to me about the, the money that it takes just to operate the house mm-hmm. every year to keep it open. And so they have to have like a base level of things happen there just for that. Because it's owned by the town of Middleborough, mm-hmm. so they're not. But they also don't want to sink money into it. You know, they were. I think at one point they were ready they were to just to get rid it, of it. Yeah. yeah. So they were. They were willing to relinquish their rights to it and sell it to somebody else. And you know what would have happened if they sold it is it would have gotten torn down. Nobody's going to take a, a 250 year old house and right. you know spend the time to right. refurbish it. They're going to knock it down because it's a pretty prime piece of land. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the zoning is for it there, but it's right next to Route 44. So you got to think. A lot. Yeah, you got to think every McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts, everything would be all over that spot, mm-hmm. which it has a beautiful, you know, backyard area and it goes into the woods mm-hmm. and there's a path. Like the land that it's on is fantastic, but right. they, I mean, there, there's enough land there that they could probably put a CVS. A Rite Aid. Mm-hmm. That would be so sad. Maybe even a <laughs> yes. Walmart, you know, with how much land they have there. 
and the the KOA campgrounds right across the street. So mm-hmm. you're going to think maybe they'd have their eye on it because they could expand and have mm-hmm. you know right. both sides of the of the road. So the fact that they were able to you know keep it and make it worthwhile for the town to hold on to it is uh, it, it's a testament to them. It's beautiful. I mean, some of the pictures that I've just recently seen. I'm not sure who took them, but they're they're just gorgeous. Just need you to go a little closer. Sorry, I'm going to keep reminding you the whole time. <laughs> they're uh, yeah, they're gorgeous. I mean, she's done. They've done so much work, and mm-hmm. they just put so much into it. But even the staging is is amazing. So uh, right now, the shutters are out getting redone. I heard that was happening. Yep. So those will be back on. And she was telling me about some of the other plans. So if you're a history buff, you have to go check it out. I mean, Barry Richard, who who uh, hosts the show here weekdays. You know, he's not a paranormal guy, but he's a huge history fan. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him about the Oliver House one day. So he went out in there and checked it out. And he said, I had no idea it was there. It's such an awesome thing to have, like right in our own backyard. So mm-hmm. absolutely check it out if you if you have an opportunity. So uh, Lamoan sent me this photo. I told him I didn't want to see it. Yeah. And he wants me to, to look at it while we're on the air. He said it's your sugar mama. <sighs> I, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know if this is something I remember the last one he sent, and that makes me afraid to look at this one. Well, while you're looking for that picture, what I do want to say about the Oliver House is when I realized that Tim could talk you into any small space with 20 people. Yep. Like, literally. We were in the basement, but we were in behind that big, Mm -hmm. what was it, the AC unit or something. He had, like, 15 of us stuck behind there, and we're going, do we realize how close we are to people we don't know? Yes. we wouldn't be able to do that now with the coronavirus, but that's that's the um, that's the underground railroad section. So you know everybody wants to go over there and find out about it. We could have done it in shifts, but everybody just runs over when you but start talking about it. But I'm just saying you it. can talk any of us into going into the smallest space. You, you know, Tim wants you to go. Sure, I'll have to show you the pictures that I took um, of the room that is in my house that they used to put the slaves in during the underground railroad. Um, I think the last time we talked about it, um, I told you I'd never been inside. I finally climbed in there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and I took photos. So. Did, uh, did you pick up on anything while you were in there? I went in and out as fast as possible mm-hmm. because, you know, bugs. Bugs, oh, bugs yeah. are a thing. Bugs are- um, but it was very interesting. It felt very different than the rest of the house. Almost like totally like untouched. You know, Hope not- you didn't unleash anything then. I could have. I was thinking bugs. Um, I could have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we we investigated. Stephanie and I investigated a uh, a restaurant in downtown New Bedford, which yep. uh, I won't talk about right now. I won't I won't say the name, but mm-hmm. we we went all through, and there was you know, all kinds of tight spaces down there. But right. I think my my gold star moment, like you know, star on the forehead of good job, Tim. You got people <laughs> to go into this area. Job, was Tim. when. We were back in the day when we can investigate Battery Milliken. Please don't go into Battery Milliken at Fort Tabor. Right. Illegal. They they will prosecute. They will find you. Uh, but we used to have permission to conduct events there and investigations. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've been there, right? No, With that us? No? was one of the events I couldn't go to. Oh, and now they're going to have to rescind the We did it twice. The you band. didn't go either time? I think we did it more than that. I think we well, did it like three or four times. No, no, we, well, we, we did two nights times. for the station. Right. But I think we did it at least twice separate you know there was twice that i went and there was the third time that i wasn't there that we don't talk about (laughs) but i think there might have been even another time i don't i don't know uh the the in battery millican there's this one section where it's probably about two feet wide 
and I would get everybody to go into that area and just walk down. Like we, you can't investigate in there. You can't even like hold up a device as you're walking. Really, you have to put your back against the wall and kind of shimmy down this area. But for some reason, we would get everybody to go into it. And I feel like I told you no to that. Nothing happened. I know, but I feel like I was definitely the rebel. Oh, that you just said you weren't going to do it? Yeah. Yeah, because you're afraid to get dirty. You're I'm not afraid to get dirty. I don't want spiders in my hair. Well. I think that's understandable for anyone. There's probably spiders in there. But yeah, if, if you're on an investigation and you're not getting into like tight, confined spaces, you're missing out. Right. Although some people I understand are claustrophobic. So. I am definitely claustrophobic. There was that time in Battery Milliken where we went with Kristen. Mm-hmm. And you decided to go lights out completely and no amount of flashlight in that place. Anyways, you could go in there with the highest powered flashlight that you have and shine it down that hallway and you still can't see anything. It's that dark in there. And you went lights out in that teeny tiny confined space. And I thought for sure I was going to poop my pants because I hate the dark. And your poor son, who was what, 10 at the time? Probably, yeah. Like, all I felt was this little hand go into mine. <laughs> I was like, oh, honey, it's the, okay. Your dad's mean. <laughs> the, um, yeah, so I have, what's it, like a 700 lumen It was something flashlight. ridiculous, yep. And when you go into Battery Millican and you shine it down, because it's like an H shape when you walk in, and when you shine it down the hallway, it's like the light goes maybe a few feet out in front of you and then it dies out. Yep. Yeah. And and it should theoretically be powerful enough that you should see it at least go, you know, further down if not all the way down. But then I don't know if you saw the Ghost Hunters episode that they filmed there. Probably. This was this was the the last season of the original version? Yes, cuz that that was the episode I was on. So it was uh they were telling the story cuz you know, they they did this thing where the producer reached out to me, got all of my stories. They talked to Stephanie. Stephanie was on on TV. They they if I remember it, they didn't say that you were a psychic medium. Yeah, they told me that it wouldn't fit with their narrative. And so, certain cast members didn't like psychics. So they 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 skipped over that part. But they asked me for like stories that I had. So I gave them a whole bunch of stories because I'm thinking this is great. They're gonna feature New Bedford on Ghost Hunters. It's gonna help, you know, it'll help the military museum raise money. People are going to want to come in here and check it out. This is before the city said we couldn't go in there anymore. So there was all this excitement about, you know, getting this spotlight on national TV to help out the military museum. And you know, I gave them all my stories and everything. And I expected, not that I care about being on television, but I expected that they would have me at least tell the stories on TV. Now, I don't like being on TV. I don't like seeing myself on TV. Right. But does. I want to make sure that the stories get told correctly. Because not that they don't tell them correctly, but the minute you go from somebody's personal account to somebody else recounting somebody's personal account, it just allows for there to be some discrepancy in the story. So I was very upset when they told me that they didn't need me to come and film. And I'm I'm pretty sure it was because I was working for another show at the time. You Mm -hmm. totally forget about the part where they wouldn't even tell you what TV show it was for. They lied to you and told you it was a new one. And you didn't find out that it was actually for Ghost Hunters until you gave them my name and number. And they called me and they said, well, we lied to Tim, but we're just going to tell you that this is for Ghost Hunters. And I immediately well, called you. Still, freaking out because I was like, oh, my God, what do I do? Do I say yes to this or not? And my, my heart was definitely with the military museum. 
because, you know, it's it was near and dear to our hearts at the time. You know, those the, the guys that were in tears telling us, like, because of you and because of your event, we're able to keep the heat on all winter long. Right. They used to close down in the winters. And, and they're then, donation only. They have nothing, no funding from the state. We we did an event one year, and I think we handed them a check for like like 2000 bucks or something, yep. 2500 bucks. And so they said, oh, now we can stay open all yep. winter because now we can run the heat as opposed to having to wait to come back in the spring. Uh, so, you know, and that's what we, we always did with Legend Trips events is we would say to them, it was Jeff's idea. He would say to them, like, okay, we're going to give you a check, but please tell us what you're going to use it for mm-hmm. so that we can go back to the group that came tonight and tell them exactly what it is that they're yep. they're spending this money on. Yeah, I would definitely, I was always the one that was explaining to my friends that I wanted to come, you know, come with us. And this right. is what they do. I mean, literally what we're giving to them, they're giving back right. to the property that we're going to. So the, the, um, the story comes out the the episode comes out and i tune in and watch it to be honest it was the first episode i'd watched in a long time that's just because my face was on it you wanted to see it well i just i also (laughs) i stopped watching paranormal shows when i was working on them i actually think dave francis told me that night that it was the first time he's watching it in like years and it was only because my face was on it so i appreciated that because he's he's a tough critic (laughs) i i just i look at it like i didn't want to be influenced in any of the the storytelling Mm -hmm. that we were doing on the shows that i was working on so I kind of tried to avoid it, but I watched that one and they're telling the story about, you know, they're like, oh, somebody saw the shimmering man at the end of this hallway. And like the shimmering man became like mm-hmm. the whole focal point of the investigation. Like, I they're giggled to, every time I heard it. They're trying to catch the shimmering man. I'm like, that was my story. <laughs> I'm the one that's, and it wasn't just me. We were with a whole group of people, mm-hmm. including Christy. So it was myself, Christy, Alicia, mm-hmm. um, Frank and Cindy. I think we were all there together. And what happened was we were filming Jeff Belanger's PBS show, New England Legends. And we were doing an episode on on Battery Mellican, but on Fort mm-hmm. Tabor in, in general. Because I had had that experience where we thought it was the roof caving in on us, the sound that we uh, experienced. Oh, but that, story, that was yeah. really turned out to be what we terrifying. think is Phantom Cannon Fire. And... We're there telling that story for New England Legends. So Jeff has to go film some stand-ups. You know, he has to go do some intros and those, those kind of things. And so they, they say to us, we, we're going to go over here and go outside and film some stuff. And, blah, blah. and if you guys want to investigate while we're doing it, that's fine. So we're like, okay, fine. Free chance to mm-hmm. investigate Battery Milliken. And in the daytime, yep. which, you know, usually we're only there at night. So, it was so creepy at night. Because, you, you know, it's it's... In the daytime, it's a little bit easier to, to get around in there, but you still can't see anything. It's still mm-hmm. dark as hell. So, but because it's that H shape, the two sides of the H are both open ends on both sides. So, well, not open. They're, they're closed off. They're fenced off. But, you know, the sunlight is coming in. So when you're looking down that long, dark hallway now, you can see the sunlight coming in. So it's all dark in the middle, but the two ends are lit up. And so we just happened to be standing there looking down, and as we're standing there looking down, we see this figure. This It's the shape of a man, probably about six feet tall, and moving around, walking around, not going just back and forth, but actually like kind of moving around in that area. And he was all shimmery. And it wasn't, no, there was no person there. You couldn't really make out, it was like a shadow person, only instead of absorbing all the light like a shadow port person normally does in the dark 
this was actually radiating some of the light that was the light that was coming down there in the daytime. So I call it kind of like the anti-shadow person. But this mm-hmm. this shimmery man, the, the best way I can describe it is if you've ever seen the Peter Gabriel video for Sledgehammer, uh, at the end of that video, Peter Gabriel sitting in a chair in a room where the whole room is painted black with stars and he's painted black with stars on him and he gets up and he walks out and he opens the door. That's what it looked like. It looked like this shimmery, like kind of outer space cosmos type thing so yeah so that was that was my experience and, and with all those other people that i was with there's tons of shadow people in there anyways because the nights that we would sit down there and um it's so creepy when you don't know what's coming up behind you like during the day it's nice because you have the h shape and like the, the light at either ends of the tunnel but when you're in the middle of the tunnel it used to scare me so badly because you don't know. You can feel everything around you. But mm-hmm. we would set up the laser grids, remember? And that's actually how I became friends with Amy Bruni. I found a milk crate in the middle of the tunnel, and I sat on it, and she wanted to sit down too, so we literally shared a milk crate. <laughs> but we watched very clearly those shadow figures just block out the laser grid so perfectly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's matrix matrixing of your eyes. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like you're just tired and you're looking long enough. You could see full body apparitions just walking along the wall and it was really creepy yeah it was it's certainly one of the most active places and there's reasons for that it's not just the history of it but it's also the post i don't want to say post history because it's all history if it's happened in the past but you know after it was being used for it was actually never used as as a fort really but it was attempted to right in the days after that you know, and, and, and since the city's owned it, it's 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 had a little bit of a sordid history. And some of that sordid history plays a part in what you encounter there. But again, want to remind everybody <clears throat> that uh, that you cannot go there. Do not go in there. They And one of the things is, is we said to them, like, let us do a few more events so that we can raise enough money so we can shut it all down, like lock it all down with proper gates. I think that's what it was. You were you were planning another one, and I was like, "I'm definitely going." And then all of a sudden, you got from the town. You're like, "Yeah, we can't do it." I'm like, what? "So I got I got called before the park board, and I don't know if I've told this story on the show, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if you did. I will. You will. Well, a little bit. I got <laughs> okay. I just got called before the park board, and they they said uh, they were very upset that I had never gone before them again for permission uh, previously for permission. And but everything was handled to the military museum, so I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so I guess you know maybe they weren't fully informed about what was going on. So the head of the park board did say, if the city's city solicitor's office, which is the the legal representation of the the city, if the city solicitor's office says it's okay, then we'll be okay with it. And the city solicitor happened to be there in that meeting, and they asked her, and she said no. So that was pretty much the end of that. They did try to. You know, work with us and say, you can still have your event, but you can only go into the fort itself, into Fort Rodman, and you mm-hmm. can only go on the grass. So that would have not been a very good event. No. So we said no. We right. Would, we would not be able to do that. But, you know, maybe maybe we can try something sometime again where... I miss it. Maybe we can do something where we do the military museum and, and just go on and stay on the grass of the fort. You know, just... Not charge the, what we'd normally charge, you know, charge a little bit cheaper and just give all the money to the military museum just to help them out. But right. it's um, it's certainly, you know, it's a, it's a shame because that could be something that could be 
just like the Oliver House, where they could do it in perpetuity and it could keep raising money for the restorations because they need, I think, I think it's uh, two, just under $2 million to repair Fort Rodman itself. Right. So without mm-hmm. even taking care of like the batteries or any of that, just to do the repairs they want to do on the roof of Fort Rodman would be almost $2 million because they need to go up there and there's all brush growing up there. Mm-hmm. So they need to clear out all that brush and then they need to uh, reinforce that, that roof. And it was terrifying. It was so scary. I'm I'm afraid of heights anyway. But So am I. That was not a good experience. I remember just trying to get up the stairs and Tim's like pushing me up. Like, go. <laughs> I was like, I'm terrified. It's so it, scary. Because if you look at the if you look at the fort, mm-hmm. uh, like right on the corner, you see this like little thing with windows. It's a lighthouse. And we had to like climb up into like these dusty, dirty, falling apart type like like little room, and then you like you go up yeah, inside of there it. There was two different yeah. areas we had to climb into, and um, and Tim and I get up there, and you can literally see the entire city of New Bedford. Wow, it was actually like beautiful because yeah. it was all lit up at night, and right. like we we're both standing there, like in awe, like we weren't even talking to each other because of how pretty it was. But then we looked at each other, like we got to get down now, <laughs> and if, are we going to be able to get down mm-hmm. because it was that scary? Yeah, I think it was a staircase in the second section, but it was a ladder to get to right, that Right, it was a ladder. And that's that's when you're oh, pushing me ladder. up. Like, you got to go up. And I was like, like, my legs were freezing because I was so, like, mm-hmm. terrified. The only other time that ever happened was my walk up and down St. Augustine Lighthouse. Like, Scott had to push me up and down because I was terrified. I, I literally, at one point, was like, just carrying me down. It's that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not do well with heights. I still have pictures of us inside that thing, I think. Yeah, we took a few photos up there. and But they need to like do a lot of work up there to be allowed yeah, to let anybody because, go like, up there. There was like sections of like where you're supposed to walk just missing. Mm-hmm. It, like if, if anybody to ever get up there, it's so dangerous. And again, we, we had permission. Right, we were right, up there with permission. Right. So the, and the, I'll tell you one funny mm. story. I don't know if it was the day... Was it the day that we went to go check it out for the radio station event when we showed up and there was a worker from the city scrubbing the, maybe? Yes. Okay, yeah. there was. Yes. He's there scrubbing off the, the graffiti. Mm. Uh, no, painting over the graffiti. Yeah, he was painting over it. And I said to him, I said, this is the most, this, this is a fool's errand if there ever was one. Because you're going to come in here and you're going to paint over the graffiti. And then because they don't have it properly closed off then, you know, the next night somebody's going to come in there and spray paint it again. He mm-hmm. goes, I don't know, man. I just do what they tell me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so the fact that they're they're going to spend the money on the paint and to have this employee be down there doing it. Just fix the fence. Just put in a, a, a hard metal fence. Right. But they don't. They, they keep putting chain link and then they get surprised when people break through it mm-hmm. and move in there and live there. I mean, that's why we tell people don't go there. First of all, you know, you're trespassing and it's illegal. But also when you go in there, you're going to find people living in there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a shame that, and and listen, uh, I've also advocated because they have the the Sister Rose House in New Bedford, which is the overflow for the homeless shelters, mm-hmm. and they don't have enough beds for all the homeless people that want them in the city. And I'm like, just let them go into Fort into Battery Milliken. It's warm. It's always you know twenty or thirty degrees warmer than it is outside in there, and they're already in there anyway. Right. B- but whatever. So, well, yeah. when Ghost Hunters filmed, there was um, kids partying in there. 
and they asked them to leave like while they were filming and they wouldn't go they refused and they had to call the police and like the police hauled them out of there when we did our radio station event there we were it was we were in between groups in battery millican and uh it was wesley and myself we were hanging that hanging out back there and there might have been somebody else too but we're hanging out back there and as so the groups leave and they have to it's a long walk from battery millican back to the military museum so we're waiting for the next group to come and as we're standing there there's a group of kids walking in uh, four guys and a girl the girl was wearing a very mm-hmm. like short dress and high heels and i'm like well, you shouldn't be coming in here because you're gonna go you know trip over something and right because at times there's a lot of garbage in there because the people that go in plus there's holes in the ground right it's very uh, dangerous there's there's all kinds of metal stuff that's out there you know like you forget it there's no way you're getting through that in those heels Mm -hmm. and uh and then you know they're carrying a case of beer and so as they're walking and they're definitely not 21 (laughs) and so as they're walking in they start yelling at us like what are you doing in here you're not supposed to be in here Mm mm-hmm and we're like, you're not supposed to be in here either. And they start fighting with us. And Wesley, who was one of the tour guides for the military museum, is like, you don't understand. I work here. You're not supposed to be here. And they they tried they tried to fight him on it. Mm-hmm. They oh do, oh, this, we always come here, right? well, but you're not supposed to. Right. So, actually, like my first story ever from Fort Rodman, Fort Tabor, um, which I actually think it's literally Fort Tabor. No, it's Fort Rodman. No, the the oh, foundation the, oh, the story of the was original um, was actually Fort Tabor. Yeah, the the spot. So anybody that's been there, if you haven't realized it, in front of Fort Rodman is the footprint of where Fort Tabor used to be. Right, which is a much smaller footprint than what Fort mm-hmm. Rodman is. Um, but there's a playground, and um, a friend of mine lived right up the street, and we, you know, in high school, everybody's underage drinking and hanging out, or just you know. We all took a walk down there at night, and everybody's just sitting on the playground, just chatting, very calm, just having a good time. Some friends were drinking. I was just kind of like on a swing. Like, I don't really like being down here because it's mm-hmm. dark, and I have an issue with history in the dark. <laughs> and um, that's when I, I looked, and I saw um, like three to four redcoats walking toward me, and... <laughs> I was like blinking really fast, hoping they were going to go away and they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. They just kept coming. And at that point I was like, did you fire, want- you fired once more and the British kept it coming? Yes. <laughs> there um, wasn't quite as many as there was a while ago. Right. Absolutely. Um, it was, uh, it was really terrifying because I was in the middle of trying to hide everything about myself from my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably like my senior year in high school. And I looked at one of my friends and I'm like, we got to go now. And I couldn't tell anybody why. It was really creepy. Um, and I ran back to my car, which was at least a half a mile up the road in the dark by myself. And um, Yeah, because if you're there at night, the gate's locked, so you can't even park in the parking right. lot. Right. So we walked. And um, like, thank God it was warm out. And years later, years later, I think I was sitting here. Um, we were about to either do the radio show or come off the air. And my brother texted me and said, uh, have you ever been to uh, Fort Tabor at night? And I said, yeah, why? He's like, because I'm staring at a bunch of guys with red coats walking (laughs) toward me. I was like, "Uh, yeah, I experienced that about X amount of years ago. Get out now. (laughs) Right. 
So we're going to be taking a break for the news coming up. Uh, when we come back on the other side, we'll take some phone calls, 508-996-0500, uh, We have some other stuff to discuss as well. And so the photo that Lamone sent me, uh-huh. so it, it's, he's been waiting weeks for this. Okay. Okay. Any man who marries my daughter gets $10 million, Mike Tyson. So oh. Mike Tyson's offering $10 million to anybody that will marry his daughter for money. And and I think that... It's a little odd. I think that, you know... Is she ugly? He's trying to say that, like, I wouldn't want to, to marry her. Okay. And listen, <laughs> I'm going to tell you why I'm not going to marry her. Because she's Mike Tyson's daughter. Right. I don't want Mike Tyson as a father-in-law. You don't? As fun as it might be to hang out with him... Like, I still don't believe that he has his anger issues under control. I was going to say, don't make Probably him mad. <laughs> so, can you imagine? And and by the way, I already, I'm getting $10 million of his money mm-hmm. to do this. You don't think he's going to be like, hey, I gave you $10 million. You know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. if he wants to come over for Thanksgiving, he's coming over for Thanksgiving. What are the stipulations? like? Right, there's going to be a contract. Be, yeah, where's the right? contract? How many years do you have to be married? You know? Yeah, so I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to pass on that offer. And why hasn't he taken the offer? I know, Lamone, you're single, aren't you? You could do it. <laughs> Plus, they don't they live out your way? But anyway, <laughs> so he's been waiting weeks to, to show me that. And and let me just say that, other, with the exception of her not, I, well, she that looks like a perfectly a sugar fine mama. woman. That would be a sugar daddy, because it's not her money, it's his. <laughs> Either way. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more Spooky South Coast. Welcome back. Our number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with psychic medium Stephanie Burke and our special in-studio guest tonight, Christina Ottman. And Moniz is off tonight. He didn't tell me why. Uh, I don't think it's coronavirus. You the can cor- never be so the sure. The coronavirus. See, that's a mistake that people keep making is people keep saying coronavirus as if it's the proper name. The proper name is COVID-19. COVID-19, yes. It's a coronavirus, but you can say the coronavirus. But not just coronavirus. But I don't think he has that. And, you know, I'm not trying to make light of anything, but, you know, we, we got to stay sane, too. So right. making a few jokes helps with staying sane. Uh, Chrissy, you know, you work in pharmacy, right? Yes, I work in pharmacy and I deal with sick people all day. People come in with the flu and or they don't know what they have. So um and, and you were saying you picked the best week to take for vacation. Well, I, I guess I did. I didn't really plan it. I didn't realize it was going to get this crazy. Or um, you're the reason why it's happening. And you said, <laughs> you're the reason oh, well, why. <laughs> I didn't know I had that much influence either. Well, the uh, the it's it's gotten kind of nuts around here a little bit, like going into all the stores, you know, definitely no toilet paper. I was in uh, Home Depot earlier today, which for a while... Home Depot and Lowe's were like the place to go to get your toilet paper. Really? Yeah, because they 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 stock it there. They have it. Yeah. And they have tons of it. 
and nobody ever buys it from there. Right. So they they had a whole bunch. So you know, on the radio, everybody was saying, if you can't find it at Walmart, can't find it at Target, can't find it at Stop and Shop, go to Home Depot, go to Lowe's. So everybody went there and started buying it all up. Uh, I was in there to buy a rake. I needed a rake because my rake from last year was broken. Because your bidet is not here yet. <laughs> We're going to get into the bidet. We're going to get into the bidet in a few minutes. But the the rake, you know, I needed a new rake. So I said, oh, I'm going to go down to Home Depot. People aren't really going out shopping. So it won't be that bad to go to a Home Depot on a Saturday. Still wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> it was definitely tons of people in Home Depot and you know, gross people. Not that I think, like, if I go into a store and there's gross people in the store that are not covering their mouth and they cough and all that stuff, I don't think I'm going to walk out of there getting the coronavirus. But it, you just, now that you're paying attention to it, you do realize just how gross people are. Yeah, Dave Francis was saying, <laughs> saying that the other night and he's like, I never really watched people and now I'm, like, watching everything <laughs> they're doing. So I went into Stop and Shop over here across from the, the radio station the other day to get lunch. And I've been going over there and, and, and walking, you know, getting in some exercise when it's been nice. So when I walked over there, I was like, ah, I got to use the restroom before I start shopping. So let me go into the men's room. By the way, if anybody's listening from the Stop and Shop in Fairhaven, I'm sorry to tell you, you have the grossest bathroom on the South Coast. They all do. It, it's really bad. I mean, like the, the Fairhaven Walmart, they try, I mean, they try as hard as they can. And I know all these stores, they, they try to keep it clean. It's not their fault. It's just the people have no respect for the... The restroom that they're using so i i go into the the and the the trick in the walmart in fairhaven is you go to the bathroom in the back people always forget that walmart's have that second bathroom at least the old design mm-hmm. had that second bathroom well it's the original the, bathroom they right. never had one up front that's, until target showed up that's where to go that's that's where it's at although sometimes in so, certain places you go in there and somebody's doing something and they shouldn't and i don't mean a number two mm. So I feel like this is going to be the weirdest conversation going forward get, from here to the end. It's going to get very weird it's and it probably get, won't be paranormal. Because we have knows. cannolis. But the, I go into the stop and shop restroom and I'm using the urinal. And there's an older man who comes in <laughs> and uses the urinal next to me. I'm having visuals. I know. <laughs> why are you awkward. envisioning? What are you envisioning while I'm using the urinal? I don't really know. Sure. Listen, there's a couch. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think it's, it's been a long vacation for Chrissy. <laughs> So the I'm using the urinal. The, the man next to me is using it. Then he goes and he starts washing his hands. So he's washing well, his hands. at least hands. he's washing his hands. Right. And he's washing his hands as I'm finishing up. And then he looks at me and he says, <laughs> you know, now that we got this damn coronavirus, it takes me longer to wash my hands than it takes me to take a leak. And I was like, how long were you washing your hands for before? The happy birthday rule has always been the rule. This I've is heard not ABC new. rule. Same thing. It's the same song. Yeah. But I was like, it's always been the rule. What were you doing before? Like, that, that just shows you how gross people are. <laughs> that, like, they, to be honest, he probably wasn't washing his hands at all. I've got a meme while we were sitting here from my best friend <laughs> that says, since everyone has started washing their hands like we're supposed to, we'll be working on shapes and colors next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I have to say, uh, if, if I mean, it's it's terrible that this has to happen, that we have to go through something like this, but if it makes some pretty good changes in society, like we'll start covering our mouths again when we cough or That'd sneeze. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Or, you know, we'll make sure that we don't, uh, we don't expectorate everywhere. Although I'm a big, I'm a big spitter. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, I'm a big, sp- I'm a parking lot spitter. Why? 
It's just habit for you. You just have to spit sometimes. <laughs> you know, sometimes like, you just got to hop on in up parking lots. Well, where else am I going to spit? I'm not going to do it inside the building. That's gross. No, but like out a window, random times, or do you only have to spit in a parking lot? I'm just saying, like, if I'm going into a place, <laughs> I spit before I go in. Okay. He's going to keep a journal now of every place that he takes. <laughs> I know. Just, just try to make you think about it. That's all. But, you know, I spit in the, in the, in the parking lot before I go into the building, not in the building. Well, that's good. Practice. Or if I spit in the building, I spit in the toilet, not in the sink, in the toilet. Well, thank you for that. This is very serious. So anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so telling coronavirus stories. So the uh, the other thing is that I went in, when I went into Home Depot. So I'm walking around. I'm watching all these people, and because uh, I was on the phone, I was talking to somebody on the phone. So like as I'm kind of just wandering around talking because you can't i didn't have a bluetooth or anything you can't everything in home depot requires both hands so you know most of the time when you're buying stuff you're like oh i need this oh and i need this <laughs> so you need both hands so i'm just walking around on the phone until until uh, i'm ready to do my shopping and watching all these people and i noticed uh, for, when i walked in there was a, an older lady who walked in in front of me, and she's got her carriage. <coughs> she's all ready to fill this thing up, I can tell. And she says to the employee when she walks in, can you tell me where the toilet paper is? And the lady goes, uh, the lady that works there goes, oh, we haven't had toilet paper since, like, Tuesday. And she's like, well, when are you going to get more in? She's like, I don't know. And so they're, like, going back and forth about it. So I'm like, okay, they don't have toilet paper here, so I don't even need to bother to look. I still got, like, 15 rolls in my house. I'm fine. But still, because I, you know... Here's the thing. There'll be trucks delivering toilet paper next week. Mm-hmm. But anyway, everybody's like getting all worked up about it. So I'm, <coughs> and I'm walking around. I'm dying, I said. <laughs> and uh, as I'm walking around, I notice everybody in the store is carrying t- uh, paper towels. So I'm like, wait a minute. Are you going to try to replace toilet paper with paper towels? Do you not care about your septic system? That's the first thing I thought of when I saw the pictures of people cutting their paper towels in half. I'm like, do you have the number to your local plumber right next to the right. toilet? Uh, the, the honey wagon guys are loving this idea. They're like, oh, yeah, you're going to screw up your whole system. I'm going to make a million bucks off of you guys. But that's that's the thing. It's like they think that it's an easy answer to the problem. And no, it's not. It's- Everybody knows the easy answer is Kleenex. Well, yeah, that's the closest relation to toilet paper. You just got to like double up. Yeah. But the uh, use the aloe. There's there's a there's a, I don't know one well, thing. There's another uh, option that we'll talk about in a, in a few moments. But the I'm just gonna wait for Stephanie yeah, to finish popping choking. up along. Uh, the so and also while I was in the store, you know, I I had to use the restroom. So I went into the restroom. It's because I'm drinking so much water. So I'm I'm constantly having to use the restroom. Mm-hmm. So I go over there and I and I said, let me let me just check and see how much toilet paper they have in the men's room of home depot because let me tell you if you're not a a a public pooper you might not realize that the home depot men's room is probably the most used men's room for number two than any other store because because every guy that goes into home (coughs) depot oh you see you coughed right as i put your microphone back up every guy that goes into home depot like stops in there and does it because they're usually like out working, yeah. doing a job, and they come in and they grab something and they're like, oh, while I'm here, let me use the restroom. So I checked. They're all full of, you know, those giant rolls of toilet paper that they put inside those machines. So I came up with a genius idea. I have 15 rolls at my house. 
I'm going to save those, and I'm only going to poop in public until they start closing <laughs> down the stores. That's my plan. Let me know how that works out for you. Aside um. from my other plan, which is uh, to get the bidet attachment, which we'll get into in a minute, but let's let's clear clear these calls out. <laughs> clear them out so you can have uh, your conversation. Good, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. What's shaking, brother? How you doing? Good. How are you, Lamone? Lamone, I'm not good. I'm not marrying Mike Tyson's daughter. You should show the picture. The picture would have distilled it. I, I think Stephanie would have got a chuckle. I think Matt, no, too bad he's not there. He'll get him. Let him see it next week. I, I, I think it would be kind of... I legally yeah, can't. I legally can't show the video on on the webcams. Not that there's anything wrong with the photo. Uh, the, it's perfectly fine. It's it's just Mike Tyson and his daughter. But I can't take a, a a licensed photo and put it on the screen. They'll flag the video. Okay. Well, you can show Stephanie. Stephanie's fine. But what did you oh, think? Oh, no, I showed Stephanie. <laughs> I asked if she was ugly. And doesn't she look like her dad? I wonder who who does the makeup better. Who can do the makeup better? You know, I was thinking if they were, if, if Tim and her were to get together, then you guys could do each other's hair and stuff like that. Oh, you like like sisters, so <laughs> something like that. And hello, au revoir, Christina. Uh, bonjour. Hello. Um, hello, hi. Um, I like to, I like to start some fun things. I like to do something very serious. Okay. Um, tomorrow is the 60th anniversary from the last time King Kong was shown in a in the in theaters. So there's, there's usually going to, there's going to be one showing of it tomorrow uh, at one o'clock. I don't know where you guys live, what part of the country there. And it's not at all theaters. They're at like Fathom Theaters and the Fathom Films. It's something I think that everybody should get a chance to watch. Yeah, I, I mean, remember and, my, and it's, it's I remember going. I was going to say it's 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 really like a, a real classic of filmmaking too because it brought in all kinds of new techniques of stop motion. So it's it's I mean it's a classic. Exactly. And plus, you got to get ready for uh, November 4th because uh, Godzilla versus King Kong is coming up in. Well, Shizzle, Universal Studios, taking it to the limit. Oh, is that going to be, is that, is that uh, the third part of this new Godzilla trilogy? Well, yeah, because you remember how they had Kong was this last member. Oh, Kong that's part, it's all part of the same universe? Yeah, they're all, they're all part of the same universe. You see, like if you saw the King Kong, but in the Godzilla thing, you see where you see pictures of Kong and little drawings in that little little cave where they were at. Oh, I, I don't want to share so much with it, but everyone should look at that. I think that'd be kind of good. And this is something else I wanted to all right, um All right, so um, so as I can know the reason why um, they're doing this about the about the coronavirus thing. Okay, uh, they they had something was going. The government, Donald Trump knows about about this and knew about this, and it was a, some a somewhat of a terror attack in that. And they were told that, like, anything, you, any kind of public thing you have going on till the 4th of July, where you're going to be at, at risk of getting everybody infected. So that's why they were, they were doing that. And instead of, like, you know, why not play the game without the fans and, and like, the NBA was going to do? Right. So they decided not to do that because of that. That's what they did. A lot of people don't realize that. And maybe, maybe Donald Trump will talk about it after he gets out of office, <laughs> if, that is, if he's voted out of office. But I think that, that would be something, and the thing about it is, this, this coronavirus is just part of something else, and it's all to literally weaken our defenses. So when other things come, like two through two years from now, and there's going to be another, I think it'll be three parts that's coming. This is like two years from now, and another one like maybe two, 2028, something like that. Around that time, that's going to do something that's going to wipe all of us out, all of us, our immunities and everything like that. So and you that's think, what you think there's a, another virus coming in the future? 
Oh yeah, two years from 2022. That's, that's going to be. I think that's the next one. And this is all part of it. This part of them trying to break our down. Our, not to mention how the you know the financial things like here in Las Vegas. Let me talk about the financial thing first. This, uh, it, they're, they're, they're just because of the the the, the tournament that the March Madness. They're losing up in between 500 million to 1.6 billion dollars. That they're not going to miss revenue they're having back on the half. And I hear there's a lot of people that are being laid off because there's no need for a lot of people to come to work. And there's not a lot of people gambling in there, you know, just like a sports book. And in town, they've closed a lot of buffets and a lot of clubs, after clubs, after hour clubs, stuff like that. But it's like buffets, you know, that's something everybody, you know, that people hit that right there. They've got those extra fit guards and stuff like that, really longer ones. I think they should have everybody put like what I do when I go to a buffet. Which I go often, he's getting pale. But I like to, I like to get a back and whatever, or the, or the glove plastic, and I'll hold the, hold the thongs myself and won't even touch the thongs without having something between them. I'm not trying to get anybody else. No, like, I'm not saying that's a good idea, too. Yeah. And it's like, I think that's horrible. I like, like I said, I like to get my glove on like a mug. And it's like, I don't know what, I know why, because nobody's coming there. And all the ling off all these people, and this, this, all this part is causing, is causing financial problems for the United States. So we're starting a, a, a recession, and, and that's like, with all this money that's missed out, these things, all these, all these individuals that aren't working, and, and all, they're losing all the family members that are working at their jobs, you know, the stadiums and whatnot. And let me tell you one thing, the, 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 there, there wasn't any black people that came down with the coronavirus. In, in the world, until these two black people. Now, this is oxymoron, okay? Two black people to play for U.S. Utah Jazz. Not black people in Utah don't really go together. And so, and Rudy Gobert and um, what's his name? Uh, Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Those are two black guys. So, which is, that's kind of crazy. Two black guys in Utah. You know, this must be the last days. All right. Well, like, well, you know, Utah, we'll, we'll leave it at that, Lamont. We got some other calls built up. All right. Thank you, everybody. You guys all have a wonderful. You too. Good night. Bye, Stephanie. Like I said, hope and see you soon, Christine. I don't know, Christine, but maybe I will. Maybe. Make sure Matt sees that picture. All right, I I will. He deserves it. Okay. Okay, you kids take care. And all my love to the South Coast gang on the off there. Play on players. God God bless you. Have a good night. All right, let's uh, let's go right to our next call. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. Good evening, Tim. Hey, how's it going, Mark? Good. I, uh... I was going to give you an update, but every time I give you a definite date, it doesn't come through like it was supposed to be yesterday or today. So what I'd like to comment on first is the uh, Oliver House you were talking about earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds very interesting, and I'll bet you I used to pass by that every day. I used oh, to work yeah. at uh, I used to work at uh, the auto auction in Dighton, and my second job was Chatham Village Croutons, and I used to take 44 down that way. Mm-hmm. And I... I probably went by hundreds of times and never even. You would never, yeah. You would never know it's there. It's it's there's uh, so many uh, trees around it, and even the driveway itself to to pull up is pretty hidden. What's it? Plymouth Road? Is that the road that it's called? That it's that's on. I forget the actual name of the road, but the you know when you go down the road, it's right across from the KOA entrance, but you would never see it unless you were looking for it. Now they've put a sign out there to at least let people know that it's the the Peter Oliver Estate, but. The, you know, driving by from 44, you would have no idea that it's even there. So I'm just going to keep that down. You just let me know when you want to talk, and I'll, I'll put it, pull it up. Question. I understand. I'm is, just, it, is it for sale? It is not. It's owned oh. by the town of Middleborough. Okay. 
okay, because that would be something I'd invest in and keep it as is. I mean, they would love to take some donations mm-hmm. if you want to make some donations. Well, that uh, that could be. Um, and uh, getting back to my situation, um, I won't give you a definite date, but it'll be sometime this coming week. Because if I give a definite date, well, I usually get jinxed. I mean, not to mention, too, there's all kinds of other stuff going on right now, so that could, oh, hold, yeah. that could hold things up and... You know, you never well, know. Well, it, it's, I don't think that's going to hold it up, but like this, all this baloney with, <laughs> with this virus, what a joke. Well, I'll tell you what, when you get, when you get the money and you get the cars, use some Lysol wipes to clean it all off before you. Yep. Oh, no kidding. You know, that's why I was surprised that they, now you remember when they had, uh, what was it, the, the swine flu? Was it 2009? Yep. I don't know if it was 2009, but I was a custodian at uh, the Ford Middle School in Christmas. We didn't close the school. What we did at night, the custodians would wipe down all the desks and chairs with the Lysol wipes, and the the maintenance supervisor came in at 6 in the morning, and he would do the cafeteria tables because they served breakfast at 7. And we didn't have a problem. Yeah, I mean, I think that they feel this one's a little bit different because uh, I guess it oh, yeah, stays it's on... A, it's a bigger strain, I guess, a stronger... And it stays stronger on surfaces strain. longer. So yeah. that's that's the biggest problem is uh, how long it'll stay on a surface. And even if you... I guess even if you disinfect the surface, but then somebody puts it back on the surface, you oh, know, yeah, it's not yeah, like other... They, they say it's good for something like three days on a surface. Yeah, and there's no... There's no um, extra layer of protection where sometimes if you Lysoled it down, anything that hits it after Lysol has been on the surface will kill what goes onto it, and this won't do that. So that's part of the issue. But, yeah, no, I I was, uh, you know, things have been changing so fast that, you know, the reporter came back from the press conference yesterday. They said they weren't closing the schools down. By the time she came back here and wrote the whole story and we got it up, up, posted up on our website, by that point they'd already made the decision to close the schools. So it's just things are changing uh, by the minute. Everything changes so much, and I can't believe that people are hoarding stuff. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Well, I was going to say, like, if it gets any worse, Mark, we're going to need you to buy us toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the way it looks to me is, like, everybody is going to the extreme. Um, Extreme? uh, People are drinking bleach. Well, you know, wash your hands with soap and water and... Keep your distance, and what do they say now? Fist pump or elbow, whatever. Right. Uh, is good enough. But uh, somebody, I heard something on the news that somebody came out with, uh, I don't know what store it was, 22 containers of uh, um, uh, the hand sanitizer. And that's the worst stuff you can use because it not only takes off the good back, uh, bad bacteria, it takes off the good well, and, and they one, tell you soap and water is the best. One of the issues that'll happen with that hand sanitizer too is because there's alcohol in it, it'll dry out and crack your skin, and then that makes you more susceptible to having germs get into your skin mm-hmm. and into your bloodstream. So you have to, you know, if you're going to use it, you have to be responsible about how you use it. It can't be, you know. And, and there's people who, outside of you know an outbreak like this, they're constantly using it anyway. They use oh, yeah. it as if it was hand lotion, well, and, and you're not helping like, yourself. It's just like the flu shots. Now, I had when I was working as a custodian, they would say to me, "Oh yeah, go get your flu shots free," and I never, <clears throat> never once took one. Yep. And and when I was so glad that I didn't, um, I think it was one school in Providence or Cranston. 
where one of the vials broke, they had to have a hazmat team come in and clean it up because there was mercury in it. There was all kinds of stuff in it. So I don't even touch flu shots. I don't blame you. I don't either. All right. Well, thank you for the call. We're going to try and get to the next one before okay. we run out of time. Have a good night, Tim. We'll be talking. You as well. Chrissy, right. do you get a flu shot? No. But you, you see people come in and get them all the time? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I promote them to get it, but I personally don't get one. I don't see the need to put the flu in my body already. Like Nope. Or the formaldehyde or Also, like when I get the flu, it's I just have the flu. It's not that big of a deal. I've only had it once my entire life. I've always let my body fight its own, build up its own. That's what I do too. Know, tolerance yep. to everything. I know that if I, you know, I know after so many years, yeah, I'm going to get hit with a bad cold. And, or if I, when I moved, I knew as soon as I moved, I'd be there a couple of weeks and I'd get hit with some type of cold. And I did, but I just, yeah, I've always let my body build itself up and. That's that's the way I've always looked at it. I ne- I try to never take medications. Of course, we talked about what I've taken now, mm-hmm. but generally, like I've never taken like cold medicine or anything like that because if you don't, you'll just learn to fight. And all you're treating with that anyway is the symptoms, you know. So if you if you can get through the symptoms, you're better off learning to fight it yourself. So I mean, I know it's not great for you for business to say things like that, but well. I mean, like I said, I still promote uh, people to get them, it, but it's their choice. I believe, you know, it's it's my choice not to get one. By the know? way, not that I'm an anti-vaxxer. I don't want anybody to get that yeah. idea. No. Vaccinations yeah. are necessary. Yes. Yes. Um, but I just, you know, I know my body and I, I know what I want to put into it. So if the flu shot was a true vaccine <laughs> that could prevent all strains of the flu, I would take it. But whereas, you know, the flu that I'm going to get is going to be different than the flu I got a shot for that's just the way it's going to work out, then I don't see the need to actually put the flu in my body or all those other things that are involved in it. Right. So, all right, let's take our next call. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. Hi, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good, good. You know, you were talking about the flu shots and all that, uh, <laughs> and the old uh, haunted houses. There was uh, the so-called haunted houses across the sea from Lincoln Park. You remember that? Across from Lincoln Park, I don't no, know if... yeah, just just before you go into Fall River, near the um, the one by Whites. Uh, you know the restaurant that's out there. Yeah, the 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 yeah. house that was by Whites of Westport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so we get this we get this call a lot. We get this uh, brought up to us a lot. So I yeah. did I did some research into that for a book that I wrote called Ghosts of the South Coast, and yeah. what it was was this house that was sitting there abandoned. It was a former residence that right. was purchased by a funeral home. And right. the funeral home was using it to store all their extra coffins, uh, all their yeah. extra caskets and stuff like that. So people were looking into the windows and seeing caskets and freaking out and all that kind of stuff, which is where <laughs> the legend came from. But then yeah. I've heard stories from other people, especially police officers from Westport, that would say that they would you know, get calls there mm-hmm. because it was alarm. The alarm would go off on its own. They'd get there. Nobody was around. They'd see things uh, in the windows when they went to go check it out. So, you know, in in some circles, people try to debunk that and say, oh, that house wasn't haunted. But then there's other people that say, no, I've been there and I've had experiences. So either way, I mean, it's it's torn down now. So, Yeah. And another thing, I used to, when I was younger, I lived on a farm. And you know, we used to <laughs> go with the cows, you know, the the, the trough there. And we used to use um, the Sears Robot catalog. Wait for what? <laughs> Come on now. You don't know what you're talking about. 
ripping off a paper. Okay, all right. I was, thinking, I was thinking of something else. <laughs> no, but that's what they used to use. Uh, uh, because they they didn't have toilet paper at the time. Years okay. ago. I'm surprised I, yeah, people yeah. aren't even talking about leaves. I mean, when you're a camper, no. that's one of the things you would take a tree and leave. Why don't you make like a tree and get out of I here? I would like to say that I am very high maintenance uh, oh, and I prefer Charmin. I'll just try. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> You know, uh, when I was in the service, I took a, a shot for something. And, you know, I broke out with a, a rash and everything. And my hands swelled up and everything turned red. It was penicillin. Oh, yeah. no, it's I'm a, allergic to penicillin. Yeah, I, I, there's, I can't take amoxicillin, so, yeah, but, which uh, is a version of penicillin. But and they I had to others. give me another shot of something else. But my fingers swelled up. They turned all red. My whole body, my face and all. That, that some people are allergic to penicillin. Yep. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, buddy. All right. Well, Have a nice. Th- thank you for the call. Take care. Bye now. And yeah, that's that's uh, that's not un- uncommon. There are people who are allergic to penicillin. Mm-hmm. I thought you were gonna say the the Sears catalog. I know. I thought he was going with. I I think I just like zoned out there for a second because he was talking about having cows, <laughs> and then he's like, you know, we use the Sears catalog. I'm like, so or what? Yeah, your choice was to either use the cow or the Sears catalog. Like, what are you doing? Because there's something else oh, you God, could go now off. Now I'm having more visuals. There's something else you could go off on the field and the farm and use a Sears Next catalog call. for. We got to move on. I already know. Who the, okay. I already know. I know. Who the next I know who it is and, too. But we need a little bit of yeah. sanity back in this. I'm you, not sure. How is that going to be sanity? When I take that call, it's only going to keep going know, with what I was just it, talking about. I'm used to that. I'm not used to the Sears catalog. <laughs> So one of the uh, one of I know tonight tonight is very not paranormal and I apologize for that but I think you know people this is a topic that people want to discuss because they're they're a little bit although part only part of these calls have been on topic that's all right we're having some fun we need this we need we this after this week right? we definitely do like it has been a very stressful week in my life I can never remember things closing down like this except for the blizzard of seventy six I think that's the only time that I wasn't I've, born yet. Uh, whatever. I missed it <laughs> by 12 years. <laughs> I was little, but I still remember that you couldn't go anywhere. But this, I mean, I, I don't ever remember having I, sports When When the down. NBA canceled the season, that's when I was like, because before that I was like, it's not as bad as everybody says. When the NBA canceled the season, I was like, well, postponed the season. I was like, yep, okay, now things are serious. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, watching smackdown last night in an empty mm-hmm. building and like everything is just strange and weird but it's been so much like non-stop news and i've been here i worked 14 hours on wednesday 12 hours on th- you know just putting out all these news stories and everything uh i haven't even gone and i haven't made midnight in the desert videos to promote the, the night's episode which is too bad because on thursday night i had a really really great i mean every show has been very good this week but thursday night was really fun because i interviewed a guy whose job it is is to take care of a frozen dead guy yeah i saw that he he goes like every two weeks and he packs this dead guy who's frozen in ice with new dry ice to keep him below 110 degrees but why because the family pays him to do it that's really weird Mm -hmm. why don't they just remove him they seem to think that someday they'll be able to resurrect him and give him a new heart and bring him back to life shut up so they they froze him when he died, and this was in 1989, and they just keep they've kept him up frozen ever since. He's in a tough shed, 
you know, like a tough shed, like you can order for your backyard. He's in a tough shed in a town in the mountains of Colorado. Oh, my God. And so this this guy, uh, Brad Wickham, treks up every two weeks to repack him with new dry <laughs> ice. And once a year, the town where this shed is located has a festival called the Frozen Dead Guy Days. Where everybody comes and they dress as the frozen dead guy and they have the what they call the blue ball where everybody's like, you know, dressed as if they're frozen and they, you know, they have music. And but what's funny is they, they said they bring a national ox. They've never had vanilla ice or iced tea or ice cube. Oh, my God. I mean, you would think that'd be a natural. Wow. OK. But All right. The, he went there. And I have to I have to make a correction. It was a blizzard of 78. Sorry, I was thinking my sister's birthday for some reason. It popped into my head. I'm plugging this computer. Hang on. So, yeah. So the. I will, I will, uh, I will start making those videos again. But of course, you can just subscribe to midnightthedesert.com, and we're gonna have to have Stephanie back on soon, when yes. she can stay up for three hours and I can talk do in it. the middle of the night. Uh, we had we had a medium on last <laughs> night, a psychic on last night uh, by the name of Vincent Jenna, mm-hmm. and you know we were gonna be talking facts about Friday the Thirteenth, but it just it took a turn. Yep. And he started really talking about like positivity in people's lives and negativity mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It was a very fascinating conversation, but uh, very very boisterous guy. I think you would love him. Okay. I'll uh, I'll have to introduce you to him. He's yeah. uh, what's that college in England where you can study mediumship? Um, Arthur Finlay. Yeah, he went he went there. So <laughs> I think. Uh, I mean. Like, I could go and take class, classes right now. It's not like a four-year college. Right, right. Um, but, yeah. But it's, I, think, I think you would, I think yeah. you guys would have a lot to talk about. Uh, so, yeah, there's <laughs> there's one other thing that we wanted to discuss tonight. Because this came up on Facebook the other day. <laughs> and I don't think people understand that we live in an area where this is not uncommon. As all of this stuff is coming out about people not being able to find toilet paper, not knowing what they're going to do if they don't have toilet paper. By the way, you still have a shower. Like, worst case scenario is just do your business and then jump in the shower and hose right, off. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Or go on. out in the yard and blast yourself with a garden hose. Or rub your ass across the carpet like a dog. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, the, <laughs> I, I yell at my dog, like, we have plenty of toilet paper. Don't do that. <laughs> we just can go, say ass on the just radio. Go wipe. Did I? Yeah. Well, uh, I guess we can now. Okay. So the... Um, <laughs> No, yeah, we can. So anyway, the uh, the thing that popped up, it was it was Porter that posted it, right? Yes, yes. Porter he started it all. So he posts about this bidet attachment <laughs> that you can attach to your toilet. Mm-hmm. That I first of all, I didn't know this existed. As soon as and he tagged me in it, and as soon as I saw it, I said, "I actually need one of those because I've always wanted a bidet." <laughs> first of all, like for like fancy people have bidets outside of this area this is one of those conversations that have happened many times and i think to myself i am squeezed in a weird sandwich between my boyfriend and my best friend (laughs) but usually these conversations don't happen in front of everybody else on social media no they just happen in front of you in the car right but here we are (laughs) so you know he was like world welcome to my life he was kind of interested in this idea of this bidet and i looked at him and said i'll get one of those I didn't know they had these, like 30 bucks. I'm down. I'm totally going to buy one of these. And you just hook it up to the water tank, to mm-hmm. the water line in your tank, and it will, it has an adjustable nozzle. Yes, there's nozzle, options. There's options. And you can, you can, you know, blast yourself clean. I literally just text him because he sent me a um, screenshot that says his is being delivered on Monday. And I said, you need to FaceTime me for the first time that you use it because I need well, to see wait, how this wait. goes. 
like when he's actually using yep, it or when he's know. showing need to see his face so you want to see him as he's sitting there <laughs> on the can done with his business and he says all right now it's time i just want to see how ridiculous it's gonna be <laughs> because i'm not gonna be there to hear him scream i almost <laughs> i almost think like that needs to be a a, a facebook live for everybody but- to see <laughs> Let's pull him in and see what he says. Like just shoot, just shoot it from the face up. I think Porter, if you just Porter, if you just shot it from the face up, and you didn't show the <laughs> nether regions, I think that would be a perfectly fine Facebook Live video. Oh, I didn't. I hit the wrong button. Uh, there we go. Now he's in with us. <laughs> and by the way, hitting the wrong button is also something you don't want to do with a bidet attachment. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I mean, I think TikTok would go crazy if we TikToked it out there. You know, whatever, whatever you need to do to get it out there, I, I think people are going to want to see this. But I, I don't know if you're aware of this or if you were aware of this till till we mentioned it in the thread. But like most of the houses around here have bidets, or the older houses. Uh, I mean, I think that's why everybody's so friendly when I come up there. Yeah, we have we are very clean people. That's you can shake the hand of a person here even during coronavirus time because we have bidets. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and and it's you know it's a clean thing. Now, what's funny now, you know, I'd always looked at these things and thought, oh my gosh, what in the world? And then my my cousin and uh, her husband they uh, they had one gifted to them when they built their house. And so they installed it. And you, and you have to know my cousin's husband. He's he's probably one of the most uh, you know, country sounding hillbilly guys that there is. And he's like, Man, I'm gonna tell you what, once you go bidet, you'll never go back. <laughs> I mean, he loves it. And I'm like, you know, it's like a car wash for your bunghole. Oh, God. And and the funny oh part God. about it is there's people that are seeing this and being like, Oh well, I just made my own with a dishwasher sprayer and a whole like <laughs> oh. like wait, first of all, all right. it's the redneck version. Yeah, first well, of all, we were corrected on that. <laughs> but, then, but then you're getting poop particulate all over your hand. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, that's the thing is you still have to, like, angle it and get yourself in there. This attachment, this bidet attachment is perfectly lined up so to, to, yeah. to get you right where it needs to get you. And it's yeah. self-cleaning, so you don't have to clean it off. It'll, it'll clean itself after you did you your homework. It. I watched a video. Yeah, yeah it's... Oh yeah, God. it's got these retractable rods. You just hope they don't go crazy and shoot out the wrong way. But you know, they're they're like they're there, and they come out and they clean you up and go away. But now, now you guys enlightened me to something here just a few minutes ago. Is we that did. Oh boy, the, that the bidet is not the stop all end all for for cleaning under the hood. No, you still need to use something else because you know you you. Uh, you, you can't depend. The, the 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 analogy I use is you know you can't always count on spraying off what's stuck to your car when you go through the car wash, you know. So sometimes well, you got to do a little. But scraping. it's not fresh when you go but, through the car wash. But, but yeah, I'm also, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to sit there and let it dry like bird poop on my hood of my car, you know. I yeah, mean, but I good. I still think that there's probably some some there's there's probably some aspects of it. <laughs> I, literally some aspects that you're going to need to use the the toilet paper to get to well if you don't use toilet paper i would imagine there'd be aspects everywhere right that's why you need to use the toilet paper first Dear then Lord. you can do the little blast and i then... kind of feel like they should go a step further and allow some soap to be blasted first I, I would have thought no, because then you're getting soap in your toilet water and all the kinds. Then then the dog is going to get sick when when he no, drinks. No, my out dog doesn't drink out of the toilet. Oh, my dog does. If you flush, it's well, fine. Well, well, so now, now, Tim, did did you get one of these? 
Did you buy one? I have not yet because uh, I want to go to Walmart and buy one myself. I, I this is okay. this is one of those things where I don't feel like I can order it online. And, well, you can't try before you buy. No, I'm, <laughs> but I, I want to I want to see it and I want to get an idea of like the hand distance, like how far do I have to reach over to press the trigger? You know, like I want to I want to make sure that I can understand can I the comfort level of this? it. And I want to make sure I get the right toilet seat to replace it may mine. Have to be a Facebook because so, I'm just going to start with everything brand new, right? You know, what's the point of having all a brand new bidet attachment and old toilet seat? Well, yeah, I mean, like all the diagrams I saw that these they fit, you know, just under, you know, no matter if it's an oval or if it's a round. So you know, you're all good there. But now, what I learned while I was buying mine, you know, was that this thing it does not require electricity. It's a, it's what they call a mechanical bidet. Yes. But they have these others that that actually have a warm seat and they have warm water and then they have a warm of fresh blast of air to dry everything off when you're done and and i feel kind of robbed now that i went with the cheap version well i mean start with the cheap version and make sure that it doesn't like you know make you feel oddly unmanly to use and you know like you you might sit there and be like nope this makes me feel like a little baby Getting my butt cleaned, well, and so I, I don't true. feel like this is uh, this is for me. You know, you might feel like uh, you know, you might feel like <laughs> you might feel like the toilet's giving you that nice little baby wipe rub. So I would. Well, you know, wow. I mean, here's here's the other fear too. Is like, what happens if you get the one with the air blast and you have company over and you use it and you you hit the air blast and it makes that noise? See, that's the problem. <laughs> it blows air. Oh that's the problem. God. Is when. Uh, that's the problem is when people come over to my house, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to d- detach it so that nobody else can use it. Uh, yeah. They, now, see, that was another question. Is, well, that's what I brought up. Things, yeah. I mean, like, you lock it in one room and, f- like, nobody else can use because it. Because right feels now, personal. you can't get any Clorox wipes. So you can't clean on the outside of where you sit just in case any aspects get anywhere. <laughs> it, like, anybody out there that's listening to the show that lives in a house that has a bidet, what would you say if uh, a house guest came over and used your bidet, wouldn't you? Uh, that, it just feels like a violation to me. I've only I mean, known I think the, of bidets being put into like the master suites. Like, right? It's the uh, okay. you know, it's it's not the general bathroom in the house, and it's and it's not okay. it's not a. I mean, now they have toilets with bidets built in, but generally when they had bidets <laughs> before, they had the toilet, and then next to it was the bidet, which always made me right, wonder about right. the shuffle. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> because <laughs> right. it's a thing that's where you get do the you drip again. in between like what right. happens yeah. i remember yeah, my aspects. my first aspect <laughs> my first experience with a bidet i was at i went uh-huh. walked into my friend's house and they were you know very uh i think they were cape verdean or portuguese i can't remember and it's very common in this area and um i walked in i was like why do you have two toilets and she's like oh no no that's a bidet so I was like, really? What does it do? She's like, oh, just turn it on. So I went to turn it on, not knowing what's happening. And like, I just Uh-oh. like turned the, the, the handle and it shot straight up like five feet into the air. And I was horrified. For the first I was time, like, that goes where? I was at a birthday party and I walked in and I was like, I really appreciate you having a, a water bubbler right in your bathroom. Oh, my God. Because I was thirsty. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. What I may do is I may take this thing and put it on, you know, in the, the like the hall bathroom, the powder room, the community bathroom, so that when people come over, maybe maybe they'll reach down while they're trying to flush the toilet when they get up, and they'll hit the wrong button and it'll just jump out and squirt right up yeah, there in the face. You got to clean it. Yeah, but I think that would be worth a laugh. I don't know. It's only <laughs> worth it if you have a secret camera. Ah. Like, like you just got punked. 
Candid I've camera. got a few secret cameras. I've got cameras I can hide. I do have those. You know, and, from, they're, and they're infrared, too. From now on, when I stay in a hotel and they screw up my reservation, and they're like, how can we make it up to you? I'm going to say, do you have a room with a heated bidet? <laughs> <laughs> Some places do. Please put me in the bidet suite. <clears throat> Bidet <laughs> I'm surprised that your cabin on the cruise didn't have a heated bidet. I know. I we should too, complain. Actually. I'm very surprised. Yeah, I think uh, well, we should have. You, you want you want to you want to get that uh, you want to get that suite again? They'll sell it to you right now, thirty bucks. Yeah, I'll never uh, <laughs> I'll never go on a cruise ever again. Well, there you can't right now. They're they're shutting all the cruises down. Right. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we're just about out of time, but uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the poop duck. <laughs> Just wait for the review in part two. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Are you both doing reviews, and are they both going to be video? I need a video. I need a FaceTime. Listen, be careful how much you put this out on social media. We don't want people to start calling you Porter Potty. Oh, God, he went there. Listen, listen, that's okay. They've they've done that my entire life, but right now what I can do is I can look at them and say, hey, you don't have toilet paper, but I've got a bidet. So, well, you know, up yours. People always <laughs> people always called me wise ass. Now I can be like, well, now you can call me wipes ass. <laughs> oh wipes ass and porter potty. There we go. Come that's, join us in Virginia next weekend. Uh, that's our new podcast. Download it now wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Your podcast. All right. Oh, there you go. All right. That'll, that'll do it for today. Thank you, Porter, for joining us. And, uh, uh, thank you, guys. Have a good one. Definitely, de- definitely let us know how it works out. We'll do it. All right. Take care. And everybody right. out there, uh, you know what? We, we've already gone over a minute. Should we take this one last call? Sure. Let's take I'm this scared, one last call. Let's try it. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hi. Uh, I just wanted to say if you run out of toilet paper, we could always use our CVS receipts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I saw the, the joke going around. There was like a meme going around about that. And... I went. I went to CVS that night because I I wanted to grab deodorant and I was like, I don't want to go into Walmart and deal with this just to get deodorant. And I walked in and I got a normal sized receipt out of CVS. I've never. They're, like the toilet paper so- shortage is so bad now. They're giving us less CVS receipts. But did you have your card? Because I think it's when you have your card. Yeah, it's oh, when I you did. Have your card. I always oh, use my card. Wow. Yeah. No. no the rewards. You've been limited. You've yeah. Been, you've I think they're cut cutting off. back on those CVS receipts too. Like yeah. people are even. People are even hoarding that, too. Oh, so. gosh. Okay, thanks. Have a good night. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. I was worried it was going to be somebody telling us, I can't believe we're talking about poop all the right here. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? You all laughed. Right. You're welcome. It's we all do it. <clears throat> As the book says, everybody poops. All right. <laughs> That'll do it for tonight. I hope this show wasn't poop. I hope people like it when they listen to it later. That'll do it for tonight. Uh, again, uh, if you are you know, somebody out there who is uh, concerned about everything that's going on. Please don't take anything that we've talked about tonight as being actual medical information. (laughs) You know, Chrissy knows a little bit about what she's talking about, but she's on the pharmacy side. If you feel like you're not feeling well, if you think that you have uh, some signs of uh, possible infection, whether it be coronavirus or anything else, please see a doctor and, uh, and, and make sure that you keep yourself home. Don't put yourself out in the public. They're actually telling everybody that can even the hourly employees they're talking about president trump was talking and, and vice president pence were talking about this weekend about you know finding relief even for the hourly workers mm-hmm. to make sure that they can stay <laughs> home so just the air on the side of caution don't wash hands uh don't wash hands oh don't gosh. shake hands don't hug don't shake hands don't, if you have a fever yep. or a cough wash frequently and we, we will get through this fine. So, But we wish you all the best out there. Until next week, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, for Chrissy, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spooktacular.